Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today, I've got the privilege of having Bob Perkins. He's the founder of the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals. And, you know, these were the unsung heroes uh, yesteryear, but now they're on the forefront because everybody's an inside sales guy. And people are wondering, those deals that could never close from the inside are closing all day long now. What were we thinking back then? Bob, welcome to the program. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So isn't that interesting? I was talking to a sales professional the other day and he said, you know, in the past, a company, they've got uh, an outside sales rep with a, you know, a base of $150,000 plus, plus, plus. Yeah. They got a sales engineer with a base of $150,000. And now we basically need uh, an inside sales rep that's a lot more uh, affordable and an SC and then just somebody to show up, pick up the check. And the world has changed. Mm. Well, it. People think it's changed, but in reality, uh, we, we knew this all along uh, back when I got my start almost 30 years ago in inside sales. I knew very well that selling and being in person is not necessarily the same thing. It's great to be in person. I love having dinner with you. I'd love to give you a pat on the back, shake your hand, but it's, it's not required. What's required is trust empathy, ability to listen, to discover. You mentioned SC, to have the technical capability behind your product and and, and, mm-hmm. and so on. So we were selling, um, I still can picture the banner, 1998. We had a 22-year kid, a 23-year-old kid right out of college, sold a $1.3 million deal over the phone to the right. federal government, like almost 30 years ago. So uh, but here we are today, and and really, this this line that divides inside and field. Yes, people say it's blurring today. I agree with that. Um, sales to me is just is just sales. Um, but for years, there was this kind of back and forth. Inside's not as good as the field, and there was a bit of a contentious relationship. Yep. And there shouldn't be. Um, look. Uh, Zoom, what we're, we're all doing, which I was doing six or seven years ago, it's the only way I communicate is video because I could see body language and I could look in the person's eye. Um, you know, now everybody has to do it. Uh, but, but it's the next best thing to being there in person. But what's really interesting is this, is that the true believers uh, a little while ago, Bob, you don't understand. You need to smell the breath of the person. You need to be there and all this stuff, you know, but they totally 100% believe their rhetoric to be true. And so the question is, you know, how can we believe something that turns out is not true? Like, what does that mean? What do you do with that information? Well, I would flip it around a little bit and I would say just as a, consu- as a, a consumer, I-, I want you to think about all the salespeople that you need to deal with. I bought a car recently. 
Well, 90% of our interaction was texting and it was building interest. It was building confidence. Um, think about your insurance agent. You know, maybe you met once, maybe, maybe not. But when they're there for you and it's done virtually, you build trust. It's not, it's, you don't have to shake a hand these days. It's great if you can. Don't get me wrong. I think we'll, we'll get a rebound going after COVID for sure. We'll all want to go places and be around other people. That's great. But let's not confuse that with what really makes a good sales engagement. What makes a good salesperson? And it's the things I said earlier. And, and that can be done very well remotely, especially now with Zoom. We get to see each other. And by the way, when we see each other, the same chemicals release that when you see someone in person, the exact same chemical oxytocin, it's the same thing that's happening with you and I here as if we were actually in person. What's kind of, uh, I've mentioned several times in the show of late is that I tend to be more present over Zoom than in uh, real life because there's the barista doing whatever they're doing. There's a pretty girl walks by. I'm looking at my watch. And if I look at my watch, I think that uh, you're not noticing in a live session, but in Zoom, it's like so obvious uh, that I'm yeah. doing something that I feel compelled yeah. to be present and attend you. So I think that's been a benefit of this new way of doing business it's a benefit. is attention. It's a benefit. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's a benefit, but it's also you've heard of Zoom fatigue, right? Yes, that's where you have to be on on sometimes six, seven, eight hours a day, and it, you know, besides giving you some, you know, upper back problems because you're staring at the camera, uh, mentally it can be quite exhausting. Uh, so we have to be a bit careful there. Absolutely. And I think if you really get into that deep curiosity about the other person, mm. uh, then it makes a lot of the fatigue go away. If it's like, oh, it's another Zoom meeting. Oh, I have to get through this. So let's talk about all inside sales reps are not created equal. Mm. So a lot of times, uh, if you've got a team of inside sales reps, they fall into two categories or maybe three. Mm -hmm. You've got the A players that walk on water and do amazing things. The only problem is oftentimes you don't have enough of them. Yeah. Then we've got the B players that we're happy they're there. Yeah. And then we've got the C players where we wish they weren't there. But in the B players, there's at least half of them that have the potential to step into the A column. Yeah. So as a leader of an inside sales team, how do you get the best performance out of those B players to get half of them over into the A column. Hey, do you agree with that kind of uh, read on what a sales team might look like? Totally. I mean, I've, I've had numerous small to 100 plus person organizations that I, I was a leader of, and, and you're exactly right. It's just the reality. It's no different than my golf game. Like, I am not a pro, but I'm better than a beginner, right? Well, there's all these levels in between, and uh, that's the reality. Um, oh, yeah. Listen, I like to, I like to, it's hard to manufacture high performance. It's hard to put someone through a selling course thinking they're going to go from 80% achievement to 110, right? Now, there's a lot that can help, much like I go, I do golf lessons, but I got to go, go out then after the lesson and work tirelessly to improve just a little bit. So the same thing holds true for individuals. Yes. It's more on, their own desire and commitment to improvement. But there's something else I'd like to add to it. It has to do with the highest performing reps. We know through research uh, that 
they are reps that are fully empowered. So I want to talk culture for a minute. See, I've always believed that the culture of sure, absolutely the culture a leader should build is one of high expectations without having to to really go out and and micromanage the high expectations. You will lose if you do that. You always will because yes. the best sales reps need need wind in their sails. They need empowerment. But if you can create, if you do have a few of these reps. And the B players can model these reps and, and they, they kind of know what is expected to, of them to get to great. You're going to have a better chance of at least many of those B players moving up into the A category. So let me ask you a question. Uh, like there's certain B players are going to stay B players and they're happy. We're kind of happy because they're bringing enough numbers. But when you have a B player that's got A potential, how much money do you think is left on the table? Oh, goodness. Like what percentage of sales do you think are left on the table? That's a great question. I, I never really thought much about that, but I mean, it's got to be, I mean, if we look at the, if we look at what we know is happening out there, we know that nearly 50% or not half the reps out there don't, don't at least achieve hundred percent of annual quota. Okay. So there's a big piece. So it's got to be, yes, it's got to be, I don't know, 20, you know, 20, 30% easily in that range. I would think. I would think so. I, I was doing this presentation uh, to about 140 sales managers, and I'd ask them the question, you know, the sales process plus or minus, it's uh, get the appointment, do the presentation, handle the objections, close the deal, and then deepen into the account or get referrals. Plus or minus, would you say that's yeah. the case? And they went, yeah, plus or minus, that's yeah. the case. Yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, where do your reps <laughs> struggle the most? Mm. And how much is it costing them? And it, two things tied. One was getting enough appointments. If you don't have enough appointments, that's bad. And if you are not closing effectively, that's bad too. And on an average, they figured it was about 45% of a sales rep's potential was left on the table if they struggled in any one of those two areas. Mm. And so it kind of aligns with kind of what you're saying in terms of if you stay B and you don't go A, uh, there's a 20, 30, 40% is left on the table. Yeah. And so the question is, you had mentioned culture. And I think culture is such a critical part of who we are yeah. because look at the military as a good example. If you ask a soldier, like, would you take a bullet for the, uh, the head of the joint uh, chiefs? And they'll go, no, I would not. <laughs> would you do it for a colonel? Probably not. Would you do it for somebody in your platoon? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I will risk my life happily. Yeah. And I will do heroic things. And so the culture is that. It's like, how do we get people to realize that, you know, when I don't achieve what I promise to achieve, I'm letting everybody on the team down. You're, you're, you get that kind of culture and people want, they'll form above and beyond. You, you, you are 100% spot on. I wrote an article many years ago about sales reps that will run through walls for the team and even for their manager. How does a manager get a how does a manager get a rep that would take a bullet for him or run through a wall for him? Well, it is I'll tell you how you a manager doesn't do it, does not do it by uh shouting out, oh, you missed your your call quota today. You didn't you didn't, you know, call enough, make enough calls. You didn't do this, you didn't do that. You know, uh you can't you can't th this is not a numbers game. If it were a numbers game, Anybody could do it. 
well, how many C players have you had that hit mm-hmm. that hit their metrics but still didn't sell enough? So how does a how does a leader form a, a team like that? Well, it's 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 earning trust. It's it's leadership by example. I got a story um, that my son shared with me. Uh, he's forty something now, and he's been in sales for. Never thought he'd go into sales. He was a history major. He wanted to go into law. <laughs> he wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, he ended up in sales, and um, he was working at this one company, and some somebody met him and said, Brian Perkins, do you know a Bob Perkins? And Brian goes, well, yeah, it was my dad. He goes, man, he worked here 20-some years ago, and I got to tell you, he came over one day because I was on a team, and he, I was a director at the time like second line manager. I had 50, 60 people. Right. And he goes, he actually got on the phone and made cold calls. He goes, I've never in my life had a manager do that. I'm thinking, okay, and I'm not saying that to make me look good. I'm just saying leadership by example, right? Um, I had a brother who was a, who was a captain. Uh, oh, big time. West Point grad. He would, he would go out on maneuvers. And he had the comfort of the captain's Jeep, but he wouldn't ride in it. Instead, he ran, jogged out in front of his team. That's leadership by example. So that's how you build a culture where somebody will run through a wall for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that trust is a critical thing. It's walking your talk and being consistent is really important. And just uh, adding to the stories you told, uh, there's a client of mine, his name's Doug Miller. And when they actually had a physical office, they actually shut it down a year and a half before the pandemic mm. and just had everybody go remote. Yeah. But when they were together, he would make his cold calls, not in his office. He'd come to the bullpen every day Love it. to make his call. So everyone saw that he was actually doing the exact same thing as them. And that's how he built his business, which I thought was pretty amazing because he could have done it in his office, but he chose not to. I love it. That's a wonderful example. And um, earn respect, earn trust. I'm in it. We're in this together. Yeah. So there's always this rivalry between, uh, well, let me tell you a story first and I'll tell you what the rival, rivalry is. Yeah. Is back in the day, if you had a problem with your computer, you called the software company, we're fine. It's the hardware company. Call the hardware company, we're okay. It's the software company. It was like a pointing match and you were stuck in the middle. And then between sales and marketing, there is this mm. uh, rivalry between the two. You know, if you gave us better leads, we'd, we'd be able to do stuff. And the other people like, you know, if you guys could sell something, yeah. uh, is the relationship different on the inside sales versus marketing, uh, are they closer together or more aligned than external sales, or is it about the same? We've been working at this for a long time. Uh, it's not. This is not a new challenge. Uh, it, it still exists. I'd like to say, though, that we've improved over the years. Um, clearly, salespeople want higher quality leads. Who doesn't? Right. And, you know, marketing wants to make sure their leads are at least called or you know, emailed to or outreach to in a, in a meaningful pattern where there's persistence behind them. Look, we, we salespeople talk about ABC. Your, your, your B, BC players aren't as persistent as they should be. Let's face it. A players are, man, they don't, yes. they don't, they don't drop a nugget. They don't relentless. They're relentless in so many ways. And so there's look, look, there's truth to both sides of this equation. And, and I think if we realize that, um, you know, 
if you're a marketing rep, go walk in the shoes of an inside rep. Go put a headset on and make some call, you know, listen to some calls at least. It's it's a little harder than oh, the guy someone downloaded a, a white paper and read it, therefore they gotta be a opportunity. Well, listen to some of those calls. You'll have a little more empathy for what it takes. Absolutely. Walk in my shoes and downloading a paper and reading a paper are two different things, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> and the marketing guy's like, I wrote it. It's brilliant. They <laughs> believe me, they've read it. It's like, yeah. not always. So Bob, what is the mission of the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals? Well, it's very simple. Uh, on the back of all of our business cards, it says taking inside sales to the next level of professionalism and performance. Professionalism being the profession of sales, raising that. Performance is what we talked about, going from B to A. So we do a little of both. Uh, Brilliant. So uh, two last questions for you, uh, Bob. One is, we all have that negative voice inside our head that sometimes sabotages us when we're going to do something. You've been in this industry for a long time. What does your voice say to you to kind of stop you from executing? It sounds like my golf game. <laughs> um, well, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it is a great example. I had the idea and framework for the AISP probably three to four years before I took the risk to launch it, right? So there's a hesitancy. It's a, it's a fear of will it work out, a fear of failure, really. Um, boy, should I really should I really press for a meeting with this prospect that maybe might say no? Well, the answer is yeah. If you don't try, you know, you must try. You know, it's a, it's a phrase I'd hear from my mother when I was growing up as a kid. You you must try, right? So so that's one one thing I think. Just just do it, right? It's okay to take some risks. It's okay to fail, uh, but you got to try. Absolutely, and. Uh... If there was one piece of advice you would give uh, an inside sales professional that is struggling with, you know, being homebound, mm. is just the Zoom, there's the camaraderie of having a team around you, yeah, uh, is not there. Uh, what would you advise them to do to kind of stay uh, stay frosty? Well, a couple of things. I think you 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 have to you have to think about when you were in the office. You could get up. You could walk to another group, another part of the company. You could go out to lunch with your friends. You could walk to the break room. You could just walk the halls. You had a lot of breaks that allowed you to physically get up and do something and to mentally just get a break from everything. So I tell people, you know, I like a backyard. We have a, we have a little uh, sitting area around a fireplace out in the backyard. I'll go out there sometimes and just sit for 15 minutes and, you know, maybe I'll catch up on some personal emails or whatever, but I, I go outside, get some sun, take a walk. Um, yeah, things like that. Physically, some mental breaks. It's okay to, you know, call your, your friend, your parents, your spouse, whatever, and have a little break during the day. I mentioned Zoom fatigue. It is real. Um, so uh, you got to change it up, right? For sure, change it up. Brilliant. Bob, thank you so much for a great interview. Learned a lot. And we're going to put all the links to the Institute to you. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, Amar, it was great uh, to join you today. I appreciate uh, you having me and all the best to you 
And if you're inside sales out there, remember, we're just, we're all sales, right? So let's uh, be proud of the profession we're in. Let's all do a great job. Hallelujah. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 